0: and sustaining a business is hard, whether you're just beginning or have been at it for a while and need a pick-me-up, you're about to get exactly what you need. Welcome to Go For It. Your host is Joe Hausman. Today, you'll hear stories from others on how to keep going and laugh while you learn. Here is your host, Joe Hausman.
1: Hello and welcome to Go For It. This is Joe. Thank you so much. You know, thank you guys all, thank you all for coming back every week, every month, and every year to the show, Go For It. I am so honored to have you all listening from around the world, and thank you so much for all of that. Remember, I'm your Go For It strategist, so life, business, and all that, and then also I'm a speaker, but now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a two-time best-selling author. Had a new book come out this week that I'm a part of. It's an anthology series, and it's called Um, Success Habits of Super Achievers. So you can find that on Amazon or at my website, joehasman.com. That should be posted today on my website. So uh, Success Habits of Super Achievers. Uh, Darren Hardy's in there, Brian Tracy, a bunch of people, a bunch of personal development gurus. It's just my honor to be in that book with them. And so again, if you get asked to do something, man, I would say go for it. If you can do it, go for it because it's how you're changing the world and changing yourself and changing others around you is phenomenal. And you know what? You never know when your story is going to help somebody. You never know when somebody's going to read that and go, "Yeah, that I I know I can do this now because she did it or he did it." And you know, I know just from people talking to me and that's, you know, the people that do talk to me, but what about the people that don't talk to you that you know you're changing their life? It's phenomenal. You just you just know it. And today with my guest, it's going to be no different. So again, you can go to joehasman.com. That book should be downloaded or on the website today. And then also you can find it on Amazon as well. Success Habits of Super Achievers. So, and ladies and gentlemen, you know I always love bringing on awesome guest experts. And today is no different. Actually, today... I love it that Delane Shea is my wonderful guest expert. She's also local to my area. Boy, how how often does that happen? Not very often. So I'm really excited that we're local to each other. And so I've known Delane... Delane, I was trying to remember, three, four years now. Anyway, she is just dynamic. She is phenomenal, and I'm so happy to bring her on today. So as as we all say, you know, and she does especially, we all have struggles, we all have sorrows. We all have a need to be connected, but we all want to be loved. And we all have a sacred story, and we all need to laugh. So Delane Shea is an author, which I can't wait to talk about her book. She's an inspirational speaker, certified spiritual director, addiction ministry advocate at Our Savior's Lutheran Church in Sioux Falls, chairperson of Faith Communities Facing Addiction. She did get her B.A. from Augustana University in Health and Hospital Administration, Benedictine Peace Central School for Spiritual Formation Certificate, and Mark Matusik writing courses, The Nuts and Bolts of Memoir and Spiritual Practices, Spiritual Practice. I kind of sometimes start talking too fast. (laughs) The healing power of telling your story, (laughs) midwifing death course. You know, as a child, some tragic deaths happened in Delane's family. When she was almost three, her dad accidentally backed over her brother who died instantly. There were more deaths and traumas that followed in childhood, adolescence, and uh, adulthood. She made some wrong choices when trying to deal with them. The harder she tried to come up with solutions, the more frustrating her life became. On the outside, she looked successful, a new house, a good job, a new car, and a wonderful husband. Yet, she felt empty and wondered, is this all there is? How many times have we all felt that, right? So this is an intimate story of perseverance, courage, faith, and humor, despite some of life's toughest challenges in her book, And Then We Laughed, A Memoir of Hope and Healing, and also, when we talk about that today on the radio show. Her book shows how God took the messes of her life and made them a message of His grace and mercy. Delane Shea, welcome to my show. Go for it.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been I looking forward to this, Joe.
1: Good, 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 good. And like I said, I love it that you're local, too, because, oh, my goodness, it just makes my heart good. Uh, I got somebody local yeah. on my show. It's been quite a while. It's been probably a good year, at least. So, so Delane, um, as I start off with all my guests just, and I know I just read a little bit more information about you. And, you know, when we have those tragedies so early in life, I know how that shapes you into maybe a different person than what you thought you were going to be, but also where God wanted you to be. So, talk to us mm-hmm. about um, how you got to be where you're at today. Now, I know a lot of people go, oh, that could take forever. But, you know, a brief synopsis <laughs> just kind of how you got to be where you're at today.
2: <laughs> oh. You know, through a lot of, uh, struggling and a fierce determination to live, I sought help. My dad had a nervous breakdown when I was uh, in grade school and my mom knew how to get him help. He came to a local hospital to the mental health ward and back then mental health, mental illness, was uh, taboo to talk about, but he got help. And through the years after I had um, started dabbling in drinking, which first I go back to my brother's death when I was almost three. Two weeks later, my mom had to go to the hospital for emergency surgery. We had a house fire, a flood. And then my uncle, six years older than me, was hit by a drunk driver and killed. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Then I went from a school of eight to a school of almost 80 in my class, and I would smile all day and cry most of the night because I was so scared. But the smiling was a defense mechanism for me, and, you know, most people bought it. But when I was a junior in high school, a special uncle took his life, and I went out to see my aunt, my dad's sister, and for some reason, you know, it's just a God thing, that we had a few minutes together, and I told her that I believed firmly that my uncle was in heaven, and we talked a little more, and she said, how did you get so wise? Well, I did not feel wise at all. But after that incident, my drinking uh, started causing problems. Well, it caused problems right from the beginning when I started drinking, but I was more dabbling in it. So then I went to uh, x-ray school and was in a lot of traumas there and drank a lot more. So that was a solution in my life, to drink. After I was married for five and a half years... um, in our first year, we lost a baby, and I tell about that in my book, and we didn't know how to deal with it, and I just started hating him, and so we were divorced. We drank alike. That was a big thing of wanting to be with him as we, we like to party, and um, it makes me sad today, but I do, have, I do understand for that young girl why she did what she did. And so, how did I get where I am today? It was through going for help. I went through a divorce support group. I went to counseling. Um, I met the guy I'm married to now. Tomorrow, it'll be 38 years. Oh, congratulations. And Yes, thank you. And uh, I knew that I did not want our marriage to be like my marriage before. And so I really watched my drinking, and I had no idea that the obsession of just drinking a little bit, not to cause any problems, was an indication of substance abuse, alcoholism. So one night, my husband asked me to go to an Al-Anon meeting with him. I was sitting in my office. I was a medical, um, medical manager, business manager sat in my chair. I turned around and I started crying. I thought, I can't take care of one more person. So I went to that meeting and afterwards we went to coffee with our good friend Judy and I said, you guys, I think I'm an alcoholic. And they just grinned ear to ear. They, they could see it, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And from there I got further help and I learned that, you know, alcohol was so destructive to me, spiritually, physically, and mentally. And I was able to, to meet some people who helped me along the way, people who were really cheering for me. And it wasn't an easy road because, you know, rough things still happened. I had my fourth back surgery just six months after I... Uh, got into recovery, and I got through it, and I just believe, you know, Owen and I have had a lot of rough years with my health problems and now his, but I always say, God has brought us through so much, and he's bringing us through this too, and that's just been my mantra through the years. I um, I would say it's not an easy journey, but if you have a drinking problem, and not everybody does, I'm not out to rid people of drinking, but if if your drinking causes problems, it is a problem. And if your drinking is causing you to not have the time and attention for your spouse or your children, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So I would just encourage people to get help in whichever way they can. I had uh, a friend who was a Catholic suggest to me that I go to a spiritual director, a nun, and I'm born and raised a Lutheran. And back in that day, oh my goodness, we're not supposed to cross religions at all. That's right. But, That's right. Yeah. But I went to Sister Del Rey and I went to her for about 25 years until she, she died about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. And now I I have found another none that i go to for spiritual direction and i go to a lot of i not now um over the years i've gone to a lot of counseling i have uh tested counselors out if i didn't feel like a match i went to somebody else mm-hmm. and i just prayed you know all the time to be rigorously honest open and willing to do whatever i had to do and That's worked pretty good. In my book, I have been told by this darling, she is a case manager, caregiver case manager. I am a caregiver for my husband now. And she told me that my memoir was like a devotional for her that she saw in each chapter resiliency.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think when you're talking, you know, go for it, mm-hmm. that is about resiliency.
1: Absolutely. And
2: and I love that what you say, go for it
0: mm-hmm.
2: and laugh while you learn. That's right. I'll tell you, when I first um, went to meet with some people to help me with my alcoholism, to be in recovery, there was laughter, and their eyes twinkled, and I thought, oh, thank goodness, because I don't know that I would have gone back if there wouldn't have been laughter. There were tears, too, but there was laughter, Mm -hmm. and that is just, gives me such hope, and um, I... I believe that God has gifted me in giving other people hope through that.
1: Yes, yes. I totally agree. And, you know, with laughter, you know, we sometimes just have to laugh through the through the hard times to get to the good times. Although, laughing is also, um, do I call it good mojo, but it's just you also get the stress out, too, when you laugh. And, um, yes, yes. And I think that's really good to release. It's a good release. I mean, I think, well, I know there was laughing yoga for, and they probably still have it, but but it's just that good release to get out of your system.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Not long ago, a girlfriend, uh, Gail, and I went to a play put on by five phenomenal women, something Mm -hmm. about a black dress. And um, there were sad things in it and funny things. And afterwards, they told me, you laughed harder than anybody here, mm. and mm-hmm. I knew I—I was—I had so much tension in my life, and I—I I, <laughs> I knew that laughter and tears are just so close together. They're just yeah. joy and sorrow are just intertwined, and that hard laughter that came out of me with some tears coming out in a different form yep,
1: that's right absolutely and and i will let you know we have about two and a half minutes until break so okay and you're right you're right it's the tears and the laughter that come out again it's that release and it's that to get your body healed you know of whatever yeah. stress or help heal whatever stress is going on with you um But I'm the same way. I love laughing. And so even through all the trials and tribulations you've went through, you also have found great joy in living. And that is one thing that inspires me about you, Delane. is how you have that great love for life. You have that Mm. joyous, joyous mentality. And even though, you know, some days might be harder than others because you do take care of, you know, uh, you are the caretaker for your husband. And trust me, I know all about that. But yes, also, do. We, we have to get through those hard times, and um, you do that with such um, abundance and, and tenacity and resilience.
2: Thank you, Joel. Yep, absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: You know, I also look at it as the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, He puts that joy in me, and uh, I need to nurture it. Absolutely. And sometimes it's easier than others as you know.
1: Yep. Absolutely. So, and when we come back after break, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk more about Delane's book. And it's called, And Then We Laughed, A Memoir of Hope and Healing. But it's so, and I, well, I we'll just wait till after a break. I get to talking sometimes and then... <laughs> I know Andrew, my engineer, is like, nope, time for break. <laughs> so anyways, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back after break, we're going to talk more to Delane and find out more about her life and also how she got writing her book. Because sometimes writing is healing as well as long as laughing and crying too. So it's, there's just so much that goes on in our world. And as Delane, as you say, God is, is pointing us in the right direction. So And he's always with us. So ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. I have a special offer just for listeners of Go For It. Learn how to maximize your business through the art of a mastermind. Being in a mastermind group can help propel you farther in life and business. Plus, you can also help others in their life and business. A mastermind group is defined as a peer-to-peer mentoring concept used to help members solve their problems with input and advice from the other group members. Since you are listening to the show, there is a place for you in my next mastermind group. For more information, visit joehasman.com. Are you tired of being just the status quo? Are you tired of not earning what you are worth? Most of my clients have fear to blame for that. Overcoming fear and feeling empowered helps navigate you to becoming your better self. As one of my clients says, Joe, you are a shining light in a dark world. Wow, that says a lot. Let's get you going to becoming your better self and recognizing when fear and obstacles come into your life. We all have fear and we need to overcome it in order to go for it. Let's help propel you to live your best life. Contact me at johosman.com
0: stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you are listening to go for it To reach Joe Hausman with a comment or question about the show, please send an email to joe at joehausman.com. That's J-O at joehausman.com. Now back to Go For It.
1: Welcome back to Go For It, my show here on Voice America. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, hello. This Delane is so inspirational. Oh my goodness. I was just telling her at break. I'm like, wow, powerful, powerful story. And, you know, we never know what, where life is going to take us. And so when she's talking about all the um, the resilience she's had in her life, it is just so powerful. And um, thank you for sharing all that, Delane. It was just wonderful. So now I want to talk about your book. And your book is called And Then We Laughed, A Memoir of Hope and Healing. So you've kind of went through, well, you've went through a lifetime of, um well, of life, (laughs) and how did you decide that you wanted to write a book, and how did that all go for you?
2: Well, I started out, um, I've done a lot of journaling over the years, but then there was a writer's group at my church, a group of women got together, and we would each bring uh, one or two pages, and we passed them out to share with each other, and then we would kindly critique. So I wrote stories of like a serious thing, like my brother's death, my dad accidentally backing over him. And I would read a lot of those stories because it helped me bring it up and gain more clarity and get more healing. But I also wrote funny stories. I wrote a story of my little sister. Mom was joking with me at the kitchen sink and she had a tiny bit of water left in her glass and she threw it in my face and we laughed so hard. Well, that night, my little sister came in my bedroom. I was laying in bed and she came in with a full glass of water and threw it at me. Oh, wow. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, she was pretty scared when I jumped out of bed.
0: Yeah, no But we've
2: laughed about that for years.
0: Wow. So,
2: after writing
1: all these, were you going to say something, Joe? No, I just said wow because, you know, you just, <laughs> I could, yeah, siblings are just fun, aren't they? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I love them. Um, so,
2: after writing for a number of years, I felt like God really put it on my heart to put it in a book. To put, you know, to have a more of a timeline of it instead of all of the stories jumbled around. And actually, what it felt like was my life was this 2,000-piece jigsaw puzzle all jumbled up inside me. Mm-hmm. And I needed to have it put together. And it's not going to be all together until the day I die and I'm with mm-hmm. Jesus. But um, so I hired a young gal. Well, let me back up. God put that on my heart about eight years ago, and he gave me the title, and then we laughed, and I never questioned it for eight years. And so I hired a young gal to help me. She had written a book to help me put it in order, and I would come upon a story, and I would think, okay, I need more information. And I would call some of my cousins. I called the cousin and said, do you remember? Actually, I texted her. Do you remember when dad backed over Billy? And she wrote me back. And then I said, do you remember his nervous breakdown? Because her dad and another uncle came to get dad and had to actually lift him out of his chair to get him out to the car. Mm-hmm. And she wrote back what she remembered and I broke down and sobbed and sobbed. Uh, I sat with, on my knees with my head in my husband's lap because I was finally crying those tears that I needed to cry back when I was 10 years old. So it was rough going. I say that uh, the writing process was rough. It was messy because my emotions were all over and it was joyous because as I got through it, as I got the book done, I felt more in order, more balanced. And my husband read it and said, I I know all of these bits and pieces of your story, but to read them all together, he said, I just, I just have such a respect for you. Mm. And... um It was very rough going through, but I want to mention the cover. I know no one on the radio can see the cover, Mm -hmm. but I have black and white photos of early years, and in the middle of my title of my book, and then we laughed, my Mm -hmm. grandson who designed the cover put we in large letters, and I made that part of my um, talking to people about my book. And it really hooked in with me of, you know, we all have sacred stories. We all have sorrows. We all, you know, fail. We all have some successes and we all need to to laugh. And I know that was just God that did that through, through that special grandson. So, you know, a lot of times... I think this is true for everybody, you know, you can go through something pretty darn rough and you don't laugh at it at the time. But later on you you look at it and go, Oh my gosh, didn't I handle that in a crazy way and and laugh about some of the dumb things I said or you know, to just bring everything out into God's light. Yep, exactly. To to bring everything up into God's light so he can shine his healing power on it. Something very important that happened to me when I was going to my first spiritual director, Sister Delray Tiemann, I said, you know, I'm afraid to tell people all that's happened to me because, um, you know, they think I just want pity. And she would say, when Jesus first Arose and appeared to his disciples. This is in John twenty six nineteen, or John twenty nineteen, and Jesus showed his wounds, and she said, "That's how you are going to help people. You show your wounds. You be vulnerable. You uh, walk out of the shame." I was so mired in shame. I thought that all of the things that went wrong in our family were because we did something wrong and that we were defective in some way. I felt like I was walking around emotionally naked for people to see, you know, how how dumb I was, how awful I was. And those are lies, just graphic lies that trap us and trapped me. And, you know, I just am amazed that when I was open to help, there's a saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear.
1: Right, right.
2: And so, when I was open for that help, boy, you know, I've had just some terrific help. And I've had some, you know, that didn't go so good, but I also learned from that, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And... A big thing also in my writing about my book is um, I consulted with some people and I was told, you know, don't reveal what hasn't healed. And, you know, things I've written about, like um, I was was drinking at an X-ray convention. I was only 20 years old and they were giving out free booze but I fell down a flight of cement stairs with a wrought iron railing and I knocked my front teeth out. Mm -hmm. And when I showed that writing to my husband, he said, why would you tell anyone that? And I said, I have to because it may help somebody else and I'm not in shame about it anymore. I would have been years ago. So, yeah. Joe, I don't know if I'm just way off track of what you're asking. Not uh, one
1: bit. I, you know what? I'm just letting you talk because you are given such great, um, a great insight into your life. And I love, you know, when they say don't reveal what hasn't healed, but yet we have to talk about things. We have to bring those up because whatever you went through, there's probably a lot more people that have went through the same thing, but yeah, they're afraid to share it they're afraid to say anything, but if yeah. they know somebody else has went through it, then they're like, oh, okay, I'm not alone.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I meant by that, you know, uh, I was told by these counselors, don't put it in a book until you've had some healing on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I would think writing it would be healing it.
2: Right, right. Mm-hmm. But I needed to be in a state. I needed to be in a stable place before I put a story like that out into a book for who knows who to read. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. I had
2: to have healing about that. So Mm -hmm. what I'm getting at is before I did that, I went to have good counsel to help me heal so that I could reveal. And um, I just... Yeah, instead of just blasting it out there, there has to be, you know, we have to have good boundaries Mm -hmm. and have safe people to talk to. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's what's important. Absolutely. And everybody's different. Everybody's different. Um, You know, something that was um, really helpful for for me was when my grandpa, he had three children die um, of young age. One at two and a half named Elaine, a 16-year-old son in the car accident, and a 44-year-old daughter of a heart attack. Jeez. Oh, but when my grandpa was in the hospital with cancer, I talked to him on the phone and he said, call me D, sir. Oh, D, sir, I've had a good life. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how can he say that? Mm-hmm. How can he say he's had a good life? Because he had a heck of a lot more than that happen. Mm -hmm. But as I worked through my book, and, you know, it took me, you know, those eight years. And that was my healing time. And Mm -hmm. um, also painful, really painful. But I was able to get to the end of my book and say, I've had a good life. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I've had a really good life.
1: Yeah. How long did it take you to write your book?
2: It took about eight years, Joe. Oh, eight years. Okay. Um, Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. It's because I started writing all those short stories. And then once I said, okay, this is going to be in a book. So that was about two years. Mm -hmm. And I was in and out of the hospital during that time. So that uh, slowed me down some. Sure. I have a, a an immune system that's a little wacky, and I've had some back surgeries and um, a number of health issues, so mm. I wasn't able to plunge ahead and just get it done. But God has, you know, shown me that He would use all of that would use all of those times, and, and I think you've experienced it, too. Um, when I go talk about my book, people will come up afterwards and tell me sacred parts of their life.
1: Yes, yes, they do.
2: And I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. In fact, my writing teacher, Mark McTusick said, um, this isn't about you. And I said, well, it's my memoir. Yeah. And he said, I know it's your memoir, but it's not about you. Mm -hmm. And so then after I first spoke and people would come up and tell me some very, very tender things, I got it. I got it. God has given, God has given me this calling and Mm -hmm. it's not about me. It's about bringing glory to god of what he has done in my life taking the mess the messes and making it into a message of hope and resilience and perseverance and uh, falling you know some failings too
1: yeah absolutely That's just and i I, part of it. I like that you said that because that is so true about you know when you're writing a book you think you're writing for you but when I first started writing my book, I went, my publisher said, but who are you writing it for? And I said, well, I'm writing it for me. Well, that's just how it is, you know. Yeah. But it's yeah. not. You know, you thought the same thing, but it's not. And just like your um, writing person said, it's who you're writing it for. And that is so powerful yeah. because if you can take it out of you and put it into somebody else's um, mindset or, some, you know, think of somebody else instead it's yeah you would, it's just powerful i don't know even know how else to explain it it's a god thing of course but it's also very yeah. powerful because of the fact that I, I remember thinking oh my goodness somebody's actually going to read this book <laughs> yeah so the thing is and i thought and i don't know if you had the same thought but i thought if i could help one person one person yeah. then my job is done <laughs> i got to
2: tell you something now i said if i could just help one person and then i said Oh, heck, I'm going to be really honest. I want to help a lot of people.
1: Mm-hmm. Good for you. Good for you.
2: <laughs> but it, it is, you know, I get that. It is if I can help one person. But my ego part, you know, says, oh,
1: no, I want to help a lot. Right. Well, and that's good because you have helped a lot. Your book is, you know, like all over the Sioux Falls in several different areas in Sioux Falls. And then also on barnesandnoble.com at your website, yeah. which also is delanesheaauthor.com. And Shea is S-H-A-Y, so delanesheaauthor.com. Uh, we do have about two and a half minutes until break, so I wanted to let you know that. But, um, I, you know, when I first when I first read that, or re- was writing mine, and the publisher said that to me, I thought, oh, boy, okay. But you know what I did? And I don't know if you did this, but I pictured the perfect audience that I wanted to speak to. I pictured the perfect mm-hmm. person that I thought, as as I call it, my avatar. So of that person that was going to be reading the book. And every time, every time I have went to speak somewhere, they're in the room. Every time. Yeah. And it's yeah. powerful. You write down, like, who you want to speak to, what do you want to say, pray about it, you know, and that's exactly what you do as well, because I know you pray, and yeah. you prayed before the show, I always pray before the show, so yeah. did you find that as well?
2: Oh, yes, I, this morning I went through scripture, encouraging scripture, and I prayed, and, and I asked for the Holy Spirit to give me the words, and to just let me be his instrument mm-hmm. and then I felt some fear I felt some fear also and I thought well let's call it it was nervousness and I mm-hmm. thought you know what that's normal mm-hmm. absolutely wouldn't it's normal be? why would you be a little nervous mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's because you know you're telling your story and so we we're when we come back after break then we'll um, talk even more because there's a few more questions I want to ask Delane, but I'll wait till um, when we come back after break. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, Delane's website is called DelaneShayAuthor.com, and Delane is D E L A I N E, then S H A Y, author.com. And, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after break.
2: voice america is available on your google connected device
0: okay google play turning hard times into good times podcast on iHeartRadio.
1: try it today are you tired of being just the status quo are you tired of not earning what you are worth most of my clients have fear to blame for that overcoming fear and feeling empowered helps navigate you to becoming your better self as one of my clients says joe you are a shining light in a dark world Wow, that says a lot. Let's get you going to becoming your better self and recognizing when fear and obstacles come into your life. We all have fear and we need to overcome it in order to go for it. Let's help propel you to live your best life. Contact me at joehosman.com. I have a special offer just for listeners of Go For It. Learn how to maximize your business through the art of a mastermind. Being in a mastermind group can help propel you farther in life and business. Plus, you can also help others in their life and business. A mastermind group is defined as a peer-to-peer mentoring concept used to help members solve their problems with input and advice from the other group members. Since you are listening to the show, there is a place for you in my next mastermind group. For more information, visit joehosman.com.
0: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Go For It. To reach Joe Hausman with a comment or question about the show, please send an email to joe at joehausman.com. That's J-O at joehausman.com. Now back to Go For It.
1: Welcome back to Go For It, and with my wonderful guest expert, Delaine Shea. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I love learning about her, and again, like I said, she's local to my area, and I know I don't talk about my area very well, but I'm in, we're in the Midwest, we're in South Dakota, so I'm so excited to have her here, uh, and where she goes to church, I've already spoken at that group. So Delaine, yeah. let's talk about where you go hmm. speaking at, and if you travel, so of course, Right now, as we record this show, there is a pandemic going on. However, that will hopefully be done eventually. But so do you, where do you like to speak at? And what, what are some of your favorite groups to speak at?
2: Well, you know, churches and Bible studies are really um, enriching. But I like talking to, to bigger groups, whether it be um, some businesses or you know anyone who wants an inspirational speaker, mm-hmm. I think that I could do that quite well, okay. um, and I don't mean that prideful. It's just
1: oh, no, you are inspirational. You <laughs> There's no doubt Thank about it. You, you are Thank very you.
2: inspirational. Mm-hmm. So you know, right now, Joe, I'm I'm pretty open to whatever is whoever contacts me mm-hmm. to consider. Okay, but, good. Um, Right now, churches really, um, big events for churches, small events, um, hospital groups, mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm open.
1: Very good. <laughs> well, and also, you <laughs> know, and a lot of them um, will do Zoom meetings now. So, yeah. you know, you're always open. to I mean, Zoom meetings are just a little bit easier, I think. Yeah, then, But, however, in the long run, you can't sell your books in front of the group. You know, you can, but they'd have to go order them online. Yeah. But um, yeah. that's the one nice thing about, you know, speaking in person. And I don't know about you, but I have found, like we talked before the break, that one-on-one conversations you have with people in the audience. Yes. And learning yeah. about them, I love that. So Say that again. Oh, learning about about the people in the audience when they come up and ask questions. Because a lot of them will be too scared to ask, like when you're up speaking and then you say, hey, does anybody have any questions? A lot of people are too scared, especially because it's intimate, um, especially what Mm -hmm. you and I talk about. But when they come afterwards and just do the one-on-one, oh, my gosh. You know, I
2: had a couple really special. um, After one talk, a a woman waited a half hour to talk Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. and she was in tears as she told me about, you know, some struggles her brother was having, and um, it really touched me that she would sit and wait, and a really powerful thing was up at my home church where I grew up east of Trent, South Dakota. It's a wonderful, loving church, but Afterwards, as I was packing my books up to go, I had a book laying on the table, and this young boy was standing there, and he had his finger on the pictures of my book. He was kind of running his finger across the pictures, and until that moment, I hadn't even thought about young people being in the church audience when I talked, Mm -hmm. and so I just asked him something like, well, what would you think of it? Did you, did you listen? What'd you think of it? And he said, I thought it was very powerful. Oh. And I'm going, I said, How old are you? Nine. Nine oh, years old. Oh. And you know what that does to your heart? Yeah, exactly. That 9 boy has a story. That. Yeah. And I thought, you know, when I was nine, I could have probably said that too. Because when things happen early on, you, you often end up with an old soul.
1: Yep, exactly. I'm so glad you said that. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's when things happen to you young, younger in life, you end up with an old soul, older soul. But yes, and yeah. you can relate to older, older people soul. better than... Because mm-hmm. well, I lost my dad at age 11... And, you know, just massive heart attack, and he was gone, and we had wonderful family. My mother did a fantastic job, and I always say that she really did, raising us, you know. Mm -hmm. But the same thing. But how hard. Yes, you become an older soul because all of a sudden now you're in a new reality, and you have to create your new normal, you know. Yep. So thank you for saying that because that is so very true. Mm Mm-hmm. But how powerful for that nine year old so let's talk about your husband a little bit. um you had mentioned which I know yeah. you you care for him, and tomorrow will be your thirty eight year wedding anniversary woohoo congratulations thirty eight years isn't that terrific Um yes it's it's great uh-huh. it's oh so fantastic, but well, he my, also my husband eighteen years oh no, he's eighteen years yeah. older than you, so yeah phenomenal yep. but also you're taking care of him now so let's talk a little bit about that yes. how did that all yes. play out well let me just first say that Owen and I met we had both
2: gone through a divorce support group at different times mm-hmm. and then we came back to it as group facilitators okay, sure and i met him i'd gone out with a friend of his a couple times but wasn't interested but because uh, he was 10 years older than me, and I thought, oh, good grief, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I met Owen, and I was like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares what the age difference is? So yeah. um, we got married, and I would marry him all over again. My, my dear sweet husband has dementia, mm-hmm. and um, he is at home here with me. I'm his main caretaker. We do have some help that comes in a few hours a week. Um, But it's real interesting, Joe. One of the things that really touches him the most is when we do a communion service. A friend of mine who is a priest at a church around the corner from us brings us the hosts Mm -hmm. and a communion um, program. And we do that together, and it is just so moving. But even though he has dementia now, I would marry him all over again.
0: Well,
2: in my caretaking, this is very important. In my caretaking, God put this person in my life at church who had a wife with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And one day, I asked him, you know, about, well, where did you get help? I must have had, you know, some inkling. Mm-hmm. And so he told me about this case manager at Active Generations, caregiver case manager. And so I called her. And it was not long after that that Owen had a health problem and ended up in the hospital. And I would call her and talk through things. And she would give me some suggestions and then told me about a caregiver uh, classes that they were having, and I thought, you know, you're supposed to sign up so there was enough room, and I thought, well, you know, I should really leave the space for somebody who really needs it. <laughs> I didn't know how bad I needed it, mm-hmm. but I went, and then I went to another group, and um, and then having Deb to talk to, I'm going to say her name, Deb Beringer, um, to have her to talk to, and... I just couldn't have made it where I am now with Owen. Mm-hmm. We laugh about something every day.
1: So good. Um,
2: mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. And I I pray and try to learn, th- you know, to do things that will bring him some joy. And um, we have good family. I, when I married him, I got four kids. Oh, uh, fun. Teenagers. Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Teenagers and one married, and we have nineteen grandchildren. And, uh, and I'm Grandma D. Uh-huh. So, but um, you know, dementia is an illness that is kind of silent in the community of because for a person with dementia to be around a lot of people is very confusing, mm-hmm. and it it's overstimulating. And so a person tends to, you know, not be in those situations. But there's a loss there. So there's a lot of grieving that goes with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Owen has had some some strokes. That's what caused his dementia and severe hearing loss. And so he is a fall risk. He's fallen a number of times. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, like I said earlier in the program, I'll tell him, God has brought us through so much, and he's bringing us through this now, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I said we laugh a lot, but I cry a lot, too. Sure, and sure. And as we said earlier, I need those tears. You know, Absolutely. that's tension Absolutely. to get out. And, mm-hmm. and uh, six weeks ago, our precious little dog, we had to say goodbye to Sophie. Mm -hmm. and that was really heartbreaking for both of us. I uh, know a lot of people go through that, and uh, I was just amazed at the amount of sympathy that came pouring in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now my neighbor has a little puppy, and uh, I get to go over there. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and play with that puppy and come home.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because right now I just cannot take on... um, raising a dog
1: and puppies as much as
2: we would like to have that companion. Yeah. And it's not that we just want a dog. We want our Sophie.
1: Absolutely. So we're grieving,
2: we're grieving it together. We talk about it. I have pictures of her up and, um,
1: yeah. Awesome. Well, unfortunately we're coming to the end of the show. I wish, we could, I wish we could go on forever, <laughs> Delaine. This has just been such a fantastic show, and I just appreciate you pouring oh, out your girl. heart and soul to my audience. And I know you've helped so many people through this show, and I so appreciate you. And one thing I ask of all my guests, and I didn't ask this earlier because I didn't want you thinking about it because I just like to know what's going to come off the cuff. But if there's any <laughs> last parting words you would like to leave for my worldwide audience, what would they be?
2: Get help. Get help with, you know, we. We are meant to do life together, not mm-hmm. just alone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I tried to do is I tried to figure everything out by myself. And there are so many good resources. Um, have that we part in your life. And, and the main we is, for me, is God. Mm-hmm. Jesus, my Lord and Savior.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I know so many people that are alone, and some of them don't have that. And so, yes, I can't reiterate that enough. That is so important, because that's what gets us through. The trying days and the good days, both, is, um, Mm -hmm. you know, God. So thank you so much, Delaine. Thank you. And more information on Delaine, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to her website, DelaineSheaAuthor.com. And that's D-E-L-A-I-N-E-S-H-A-Y, Author.com. And if you'd like to get in contact with Delaine, if you don't go to her website, you know you can always email me. I'm always putting my email out there. It's joe at joehasman.com. <laughs> and then I will forward on to Delaine or Delaine Author at gmail.com. Right? So, Shea, author at yeah. gmail.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I want you to reach your full potential of becoming bigger, better, bolder, and stronger with each and every day. And, you know, I bring, I do that by bringing a fantastic guest like Delaine today. And, um, boy, powerful, powerful story, Delaine. But you can also check out my website at johosman.com and always remember, you are stronger than what you give yourself credit for. So, go out and be great today and be great Always. And along the way, show some kindness and love wherever you go. Be a blessing to others. We never know what other people are going through. So if you can just give them a smile, smile is free. And you know what? You might just help brighten up somebody's day. Have a great week. God bless. And we're going to see you here next week for another exciting show. Delaine, thank you so much. Have a fantastic rest thank of your you. day.
0: Thank you for listening to Go For It. Be sure to come back next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Joe Hausman, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great day and an even better week.